Uh, last week, we began a new character study looking at the life of Moses. And instead of looking at just Moses' life and, and the things he went through and how he got through obstacles, we're, we're really looking at the leadership characteristics of Moses. When we meet Moses in Exodus uh, and God calls him into the ministry, God calls him into leadership, Moses, in his own opinion, is in no position to lead anybody. Uh, the only thing he can lead is sheep. He's a shepherd. He's good at that. He's comfortable at that. He's found peace doing that. So he thinks this is all I'm going to do. I am not equipped to lead people. And so he starts giving God every excuse in the book. But by the time we see Moses at the end of his life, he's one of the greatest leaders of all time, one of the greatest leaders in the Bible. And that happened over a 40-year period of him trusting God, of him walking with God, of him seeing God use him in an incredible way. So we're looking at the lessons that Moses learned as he became a leader, because the truth is, Every single one of us here is a leader because every one of us has influence over someone. You know, even Carly, she has influence over her, her nieces and nephews, over Raylan and or, or Raylan, and I get them all mixed up, Raylan and Sophia and Skylar and all these little kids that follow her around. She has influence over them. So even, even Carly is a leader. That's kind of scary when you think about it, but that's true. Amen. Even Barak's a leader. God help us. So we need to learn these lessons so we can learn how to be the leader that God wants us to be. We looked at this quote last week from John Maxwell. It says, leadership is not about titles, positions, and flowcharts. It's about one life influencing another. And that's what leadership is. It is influencing someone else to do good. Now, you can influence them for bad. You can influence them to, to get out of church, to, to get away from God, to do all kinds of wicked things, or we can influence them for good. And of course, that's our desire as God's children, to influence people for good, to help take people from where they are to where God wants them to be. So as we study the leadership of Moses, we can see a lot of ourselves in his life. When, when God comes to Moses asking him to lead the nation to the promised land, Moses tells God, tells God he's got the wrong man. He says, God, I'm not ready for this. I can't do this. I'm going to mess up at this. So you need to find someone else to do it. And the truth is, when God calls us to lead, we should feel uncomfortable. When God calls you to do something, it should make you feel a little uncomfortable because God doesn't call you to do things that you can do. Because if you can do it, you don't need God. God calls us to get out of our comfort zone. God calls us to step out of what we're used to and what we're comfortable doing and what we think we can do to do something that only he can do through us. And that's exactly where God found Moses. He found Moses, an 80-year-old man who thought his life was just going to be a shepherd in the desert working for his father-in-law, and he would amount to nothing else, and he was fine with that. And so when God comes to him and says, Moses, I want you to go to Pharaoh and demand that the leader of the most powerful nation in the world at that time let the people that he is using to build his nation demand that he let them go. And Moses says, God, I can't do that. I can't, I can't face Pharaoh like that. And even if, even if he would agree, I can't lead people. I can't take two million people out of slavery and get them to where you want them to be. I'm just, I am not equipped to do that. 
God wants us to rely on him, to trust in him, and he wants us to bring, use, he wants to use us to bring glory to himself. So when God comes to Moses, he gave every excuse as to why he couldn't be used of God, why he couldn't lead. He says, God, you can't use me, I'm a nobody. God, you can't use me, I don't know enough. God, you can't use me, I might fail. And God, you can't use me because I have weaknesses. And every excuse that God gave to Moses, God shot them down and said, it doesn't matter. I'm not relying on your strength. I'm not relying on your knowledge. I'm not relying on your, your abilities. You are to rely on me. So Moses, it's not you doing this great work. It's me using you to do a great thing. It is God working through Moses. And those are the same excuses that we give God when he asks us to do something. It's the same answer that he gives us. God doesn't want us to rely on ourselves. God wants us to rely on him in every area of our life. God wants us to rely on him. Now Moses ended his life as one of the greatest leaders of all time. But he started out as a man who was unsure of his ability to do anything for God. For 40 years, he was raised in the palace of Egypt, in the palace of Pharaoh. He got the best training. He got the best education. He got the best of everything. And at 40 years old, he sees an Egyptian beating a Hebrew slave. And he thinks he's somebody. He thinks he can do something about it. So he kills an Egyptian. Pharaoh finds out about it. So Moses has to run for his life. He goes to the backside of the desert in the, in the land of Midian, and for 40 years, he becomes, a, he becomes a shepherd, and for 40 years, he thinks, I'm a nobody. And then God comes to him at 80 years old and says, Moses, now that you finally realize that you have no, no ability of your own, now that you finally realize that you're a nobody, now I can use you. Now I can do something with your life. So at 80, God comes to him and he calls him to go from where he was to where God wanted him to be. He wants to use Moses to lead Israel out of the promised land out of, or out of bondage to lead them to where God wants them to be, to lead them to the promised land. So we saw last week as we look at the leadership of Moses, we saw that leaders listen for the voice of God. Leaders look for the activity of God, and leaders live in dependence on God. And those are great lessons. But how do we put them into action? How do we actually do them? It's good to say. How do we do it? So tonight as we continue to study the leadership lessons of Moses, we are going to see how to lead during difficult times. And in Exodus chapter 14, we see one of the most famous stories in the Bible. It is so famous that movies have been made about this event in Exodus chapter 14. Moses, he has just started out as a leader. He's, he's, the, he's a brand new leader. He's just, just starting out doing what God's called him to do. And he faces an impossible situation as he faces Pharaoh and his entire army and the Red Sea. Moses has faced Pharaoh, and, and over, over the course of several weeks, he's, he's faced Pharaoh, and he'd had nine plagues come upon Egypt as he, he faced Pharaoh, and God brought judgment upon Pharaoh, and Moses, uh, the, the, he'd seen the water turn into blood. Frogs had infested the land. The people had been tormented by lice and by, by flies. Their livestock had died. 
They'd been infested with boils. They'd have hail, a fire come down from heaven. They had locusts destroy their crops. They had darkness on the land for three days. And then finally, the tenth plague was the plague that convinced Pharaoh to finally let Israel go. It was the plague of the firstborn. In one night, every firstborn son in Egypt dies. Except the children in the Hebrew camps where they'd put blood on the doorposts. In his grief, Pharaoh lets the Hebrews go. Moses comes to him and in his grief, he says, just take whatever you want and just get out. And so they do. And they're happy, they're ecstatic, they're leaving Egypt, they're, they're loaded down with food, they're loaded down with, with jewelry and gold because they, they just took whatever they wanted to and took all the wealth of Egypt, took all the strength of Egypt and their, their, their slavery and in their bondage. And so they, they're leaving Egypt and they're happy and they're, they're just content to what's going on and they're, they're following Moses and Moses is following God. And Moses leads them right to the Red Sea. You ever followed someone who you thought didn't know where they were going? I've done that before following somebody in their car, and I'm like, where are they going? They have no idea. And they end up, well, I'm lost. Like, well, obviously, and I think that's what Moses finally did. He gets to the Red Sea, turns around, and they're like, what are we doing here? I, I'm just following God. This is where God told me to come. And as they're standing in front of the Red Sea, they've got mountains on either side. They look behind them, and Pharaoh and his army are coming at them. In his grief, he let the Hebrews go. In his anger... He changes his mind and he says, I'm going to destroy them. I'm going to wipe them out. So Moses, he's fresh out of the desert. He's fresh into leadership. He's unsure of himself. Israel is unsure of his leadership ability. And here he is, the very first day of leading, and he faces an impossible situation. So look at Exodus chapter 14, verse number 9. But the Egyptians pursued after them all the horses and chariots of Pharaoh and his horsemen and his army and overtook them in camping by the sea beside Pithoroth before Baal Zephon. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes and beheld the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, hast thou taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore hast thou dealt thus with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? Is it not this word that we did tell thee in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, for that we may serve the Egyptians? For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than that we should die in this wilderness. Now, this is not a great place to find yourself as a new leader. You, you just asked two million people to trust you and to leave everything. And look, there, the, the, the Bible's right there. The entire time when Moses shows up to the Israelites and says, God sent me here to free you, they said, just leave it alone. We've been doing this long enough. We are comfortable in our slavery. Now, there's a whole series of sermons there where we get comfortable in our sin and comfortably from God that we're not going to get into. Maybe that'll be another series one day. But they're like, we're, we're comfortable here. Just leave us alone. So he goes to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says no. And they have all these, these battles between Pharaoh and God where God's doing these plagues. And every time Pharaoh says, I'll let him go, and then he changes his mind, the Israelites say, Moses, would you please just let it, let it, let it be? Just leave it alone. 
Stop trying to get us to leave. And finally, when Pharaoh lets them go, they're like, oh, well, hey, he's really going to let us go. Praise God. He's going to let us take our food. Let us take any wealth we want. We can take our kids. We can get out. Now they're happy. They're singing praises to God. They're ecstatic. They're having a great time. Then they get to the Red Sea, and all of a sudden, they're facing, they're facing immediate destruction. They look at Moses and said, we told you to leave us alone. We told you not to bring us out here. We could have died in Egypt later. And now we're going to be slaughtered right here. Why did you do this? So Moses, he, he's not in a great place as a leader. They look to Moses for answers, and they look to Moses to cast blame. How would you react in that situation? How would you react if you, you, you were facing this situation? Look at what Moses did as he was facing this impossible situation. So you look at verse number 13. And Moses said unto the people, Fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians who you have seen today, ye shall see them again no more forever. Now that could go either way. He could, they could see them no more because they're dead. Or God could deliver them. Verse 14. The Lord shall fight for you, and ye shall hold your peace. So we see in this passage... Two truths that we can learn so that when we are leading, we are following the voice of God and following the instruction of God and doing what God's called us to do. When we face challenges, when we face difficulties, how we can lead with courage in the face of difficulties. First thing we need to do, number one, trust God to do what only God can do. In the situation Moses was in, he was in a place where if God didn't do something, nothing was going to get done. And look, those are scary places to be, but they're incredible for your faith. When you're in a position where you can't do anything, the doctors can't do anything, your friends can't do anything, that you're like, if God doesn't show up, it's not gonna, this isn't going to happen. That's a scary place to be. But when God shows up, it's an incredible blessing to see God move. So if you find yourself at a dead end with impossibilities around, all around you, it's not a time to look around to cast blame. It's the time to look up and trust in God. So Israel is in a situation where danger was all around them. They had mountains on each side. They had the Red Sea in front of them, and they had the, the army of Egypt behind them. They were in a situation where the only thing they could do was trust God. The only thing they could do, because they couldn't swim the Red Sea, they couldn't fight the army, they couldn't get over the mountains, the only thing they could do was to trust God. Now, usually... When we face situations like that, we're afraid, we try to fight our way out of it, we try to run away from it, or we run our, run our mouth about it. That's what we do when we face these difficult situations. But Moses tells Israel to do the exact opposite. And that is what trusting God looks like in our lives. Now, it's easy to say, trust God. It's another thing to actually live it out. So how does Moses tell us to live out trusting God in difficult times? First thing he tells us to do is don't fear. Verse 13 says, fear ye not. Hundreds of times in the Bible, we are told, don't be afraid. 
The only thing we are told to fear is God. And that's not fear of, oh, God's going to kill me. That's an awe. That's a respect. That's a look how incredible God is. But God says everything else, no matter what it is, if it's physical, if it's spiritual, if it's emotional, no matter what it is, God says don't fear anything else. Because if we have God or not, David even said it. If God's for us, who can be against us? If God's fighting for you, you've already won the battle. There is nothing to fear. So Moses was saying, we're not going to respond to this situation in our flesh. And that's what happens when we fear. When we are scared and we react in fear, we are reacting in our flesh, not in faith. And so Moses says, look, we're not going to react in our flesh. We're not going to get scared. We're not going to start panicking here. We're going to, by faith, trust that God brought us here, so God's going to get us through. God brought us to this situation. God brought us to the Red Sea. God did this, so God's going to work it out for whatever God wants to work it out for. At the core of our fear is a deep sense that God cannot be trusted because he doesn't care for you. That's what fear says. Fear says, God, I can't trust that you're going to get me through this because I don't think you really love me. I don't think you really care about me. Fear is a lack of faith. Fear says you don't trust God and you don't believe that he loves you. And you cannot lead from a place of fear. You can only lead when you have faith. You have to live knowing that God loves you. You have to live knowing that whatever happens, God's going to take care of you. And look, it's easy to say that looking back at, at this story because we know the end. We know Moses held up a stick. The, the Red Sea parted. Charlton Heston led the Israelites through. And they killed the... We, we know the story. We know how it ended up. But you know what? If, if it ended differently... If God allowed Pharaoh to destroy the entire Israelite nation, it's still in God's hands. Whatever happens is God's will. See, we, we love Romans 8, 28, for, for all things work together for good. We claim that when good things happen. But you know what? Unemployment, cancer, heartbreak, loss of a spouse, those things are in God's will too. And we have to, by faith, say, God, I don't know what you're doing. I don't even like what you're doing, but I trust what you're doing. I'm not scared of it. I know that whatever you're doing is for my good and it's for your glory. When we're facing the Red Sea, we don't know the end. So it's hard when you're facing the Red Sea and you're facing the army to say, I'm just going to trust that God's doing something. I'm not going to be scared. But Moses said, if we're going to lead, we have to not fear. He says, don't fear. Second thing he said, after he said, don't fear, he said, don't run. Look at verse number 13 again. Moses said unto the people, fear ye not, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. Moses said, don't run. Because when we're scared, we run. That's what we do. You know, I've gotten a whole lot better, but there used to be a time if I saw a snake, you'd see a, a, a cloud of dust from where I got out of there. When I was uh, working in construction, 
I think I told you a story before. Uh, we were building a school down in past Farmville, and I was doing HVAC, and <clears throat> the school was pretty much finished, and we put in the HVAC system, and they'd had these huge windows put in, but they didn't put the glass in them, just the frame. And so I'm working one day on my, on my ladder with a hard hat, and uh, one of the guys says, come on down here, I want to show you something, so I'll come on down, and he's got a snake with him. Now look, he didn't have a 12-foot you know, rattlesnake. He had like an 18-inch garter snake. But all I saw was snake. So snake, I'm gone. He is chasing me with this little garter snake, like a little schoolgirl, and I jumped through one of those windows and banged my head on the frame. The only thing that I didn't get a concussion was I had my hard hat on. I knocked myself out for a few seconds, but I got back up and ran away. Why did I run? Because I was scared. And what happened? I hurt myself, got a headache. Why? Because of fear. Moses says, look, if, if you trust God, then don't run away. Wait and see how God's going to move. Wait and see how God's going to deliver you. Too often, we run from our problems instead of standing still and waiting on God to come through. Ephesians chapter 6 says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be, be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Troubling times are not times to run from our problems. They're times to stand still and to see God work in our life. You will never see God move if you're always running. If the Israelite army would have ran, they never would have seen God come through and part the Red Sea. They never would have seen the incredible miracles of God. So Moses said, don't run, don't be afraid, Third thing he said is, don't fight. Look at verse 14. He said, the Lord shall fight for you. We are not to fight because God is fighting for us. And that's great news because no matter how big our enemy, God is bigger. In our, our, our community group this morning, our small group, our Sunday school class, we're talking about David and Goliath. And in the story of David and Goliath, of course, Goliath's this huge nine-foot-tall giant, and David's this little, you know, teenage boy who's going up against this huge giant who's got shields and swords and spears and just this great warrior. And he comes out to face Goliath, and Goliath is mocking him and telling him, I'm going to chew you up and spit you out, you dog, you're nothing. And David says, you're coming with your strength. You're coming with your jujitsu and your, your, all these weapons you have. But I'm coming with God. And that's all that matters. David understood it wasn't David fighting the fight. It was God fighting the fight. And Pharaoh, Moses told the Egyptians, God will fight. Because he knew, he goes, look, if you go to fight him, you're going to be destroyed. If David would have tried to fight Goliath, David would have been destroyed. He says, don't, don't fight him. Because God is fighting for you. And if God's fighting for us, we've already won the victory. We cannot lose. Whenever we fight, we lose. Whenever we let God fight for us, we can't lose. Israel had been fighting for over 400 years in slavery, and they'd failed every single time. Now they get to see God fight for them, and they get to watch God bring an incredible victory for them. We live in a culture today that tells us that if we're going to overcome, if we're going to get the victory, we have to do it ourselves. 
The Bible tells us if we're going to overcome, if we're going to get the victory, we can't do it ourselves. God has to fight for us. The biblical truth is we cannot do it on our own. Only he can. So trust God to do what he says he's going to do. The one that calls you to what he's going to do is the one who's going to guide you, is the one who's going to fight for you. All Israel did was stand still and let God fight for them. And they saw God roll back the Red Sea. And they saw God destroy the entire Egyptian army. So Moses said, don't fear, don't run, don't fight. Fourthly, he said, don't talk. Verse 14 says, and ye shall hold your peace. That's a polite way to say, just shut up. You ever told two million people to shut up? Look at two million. Hey, stop talking. I mean, it's not easy to do. But he said, hey, don't talk. We like to talk. We like to complain. We like to cast blame. We like to gossip. Israel had been talking about the situation. They'd been complaining about Moses. They'd been casting blame at God. When people talk, they blame, they complain, they murmur, and gossip. Moses told them to be quiet and watch God work. When you're faced with problems, we don't need to try to come up with a new plan. We need to be quiet and listen for God's plan. When you're talking, you're not listening. Don't you hate it when your kids are talking to you and you're trying to talk to them? You're trying to tell them to do something. My kids do it all the time. They'll come to me and I'll, I'll give them some chores and I'll say, look, I want you to clean the kitchen, but here's what I want you to do. I want you to unload the dishwasher. I want you to load it with dirty dishes. I want you to wipe off the counter. I want you to sweep the floor. And I start listening and they start talking. Well, well, Connor's going to be doing this and Parker's going to be doing it. I'm like, no, 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 don't worry about it. Don't worry about them. Just you be quiet and listen to you. And then, you know, I'll come back a while later and why weren't your chores done the way why didn't you do this? Well, I didn't hear you say that. You know why you didn't hear me say that? Because you were talking. When you're talking, you're not listening. And we need to listen for the voice of God. To live out trusting God when troubles come, don't fear, don't run, don't fight, and don't talk. Trust God to come through. Trust that God is going to fight for you. Trust that God is going to take you from where you are to where you need to go. When facing difficult situations, leaders trust God to do what only he can do. And secondly, we obey God and do what only you can do. God was going to work, but Israel had to obey. They, they had to stay still. They had to get rid of their fear. They had to let God fight. They had to shut their mouth. If they didn't do any of those things, God would have never come through. God did what he had to do, but they had to obey him. They had to do what he told them to do. Look at what Moses told them to do in verse number 15. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me, speak unto the children of Israel, that they go forward. But lift up thy rod, and stretch out thine hand over the sea, and divide it, and the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. So God tells Moses, as Moses, they're finally listening. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to hold your rod up, and I'll part the Red Sea. Now, I've always pictured that God, you know, he sticks his rod up, and it parts right away. But that's not what happened. The east, a wind came, and all night long, it, it parted the Red Sea. But it stood it up on a heap, and so they're walking through on dry ground. But even once the Red Sea was parted, once the, dry, once the ground was dry, Israel had to walk through it. They couldn't just stand there and say, man, look what God did. 
that, that, that's awesome. That, that's going to be good if we ever go through the, They had to go through. They had to obey and step out in faith. He tells Moses, stop crying and go forward. He had to obey. He had to take the first step. He was telling Moses to stop praying over something that God already said he was going to do and move forward. Look, God will fight. God will deliver us, but we must trust him and walk in faith to see him work. Look, what if David had never left the sheep to go be king over Israel? What if, what if uh, John and, and Paul and James, and what if, what if they had never left their fishing boats to follow Jesus and become fishers of men? What if Moses would have left the burning bush and said, I'm, so, I'm just going to tend to my sheep? They wouldn't be in Scripture. God did the work, but they had to step out in faith. They had to obey God. Hudson Taylor said this, he said, if you come to the Red Sea place in your life where in spite of all you can do, there is no way out, there is no way back, and there is no other way through, then wait on the Lord and trust with a serene heart. Till the night of your fear is gone, he will send the wind. He will heap the floods when he says to your soul, go on. Look, you can stay in Egypt if you want to. But do you really want to stay in Egypt? Do you really want to stay in bondage to your, your fear and your doubts and your lack of faith? God wants to give us life and freedom. There's no in between. There's either bondage to self or freedom in Christ. But to have freedom in Christ, it takes a step of faith. It takes obeying God and doing what you can do. When leading when influencing others, we will have our Red Sea times. We will face impossible situations. And when we do, trust God to do what only he can do, but obey God and do what only you can do. Be a leader with courage. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we do thank you for the day you've given us. We thank